is the Mandalorian the most Star Wars to ever Star Wars? We answer that question and more this week on Only Stupid Answers. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Only Stupid Answers. This is the show where we answer your questions about movies, TV shows, comic books, uh, Mandalorians, and of course, with me as always, I'm your host, DJ Wildridge. With me as always is Roxy Stryer. Hi, Roxy. Hi, DJ. And listen, whenever the stars align, whenever we can, there's a lot more Star Wars content now, but whenever we can, if we have a we're talking about Star Wars stuff, we get the lovely Maude Garrett on. Hello, Maude. Hi, I know Star Wars. We've been talking about Star Wars for like feels like ten years. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It's funny because I was thinking about it. Like it used to be like a hard and fast rule. Like Star Wars things happen. We do what we can to get mod on. But that's been. There's just been a lot, <laughs> and you're busy, a lot. you're a busy person. So it's like that's not that's not always true anymore. But thankfully, to talk about the premiere of Mandalorian season three, we have you here with us. But before we get into that, how are you? How are how, how are things? Life's good. Uh, it's 2023. It's shocker. I've had that happen? Yeah. Um, is life good? Wow. I haven't seen you in a minute. I'm so happy to hear that. I've like I've actually started making that my default answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't oh. spiral into a deep depression. But it's true. Like when you really take a step back and look at things, we can all say with sincerity that life's like, like we're living the dream. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're living the dream. Living the dream. Living the dream. Say it with so, us, Roxy. Living the dream. Living the dream. <laughs> See it, Roxy. See it. Living the dream. So you get it. Yeah, you we, get we're, it. Yeah, we're, listen, we're on the same page. Um, okay, so but, I said at the top that we're talking about the the uh, Mandalorian season three, and um, I don't know that there was a lot of news. We've started uh, talking about news. Roxy, is there any news? I don't think there was really any big newsy things that would be good for this show. Uh, unless you want me to spend time telling you about why Selena Gomez, Haley Bieber, and Kylie Jenner are fighting about their eyebrows, then I don't know, DJ. Is no. there big news of the week? No, I thought I thought I might want to talk about the a big story. Big I thought story. that Haley was throwing shade at Taylor, which is why Selena had to step back into the fight, even though they had peace. It's just an unbelievable turn of events that we had there, and just the lesson is don't over laminate your eyebrows. So, DJ, be careful. I know. Well, I know, and. But uh, let's, we we also need to be careful because we might tread into spoilers for the plot line to Creed Four. So we don't want to, you know, how Is they that were... shade on Creed Three. No, actually, no, no. We're going to talk about Creed Three and what we're into. I just really like it. It could cause a fight. It could. I'm cause just a saying. I'm just saying. I've heard the plot line to Creed Four is it's about uh, waxing eyebrows or whatever it is that we're talking about right now. Um, Laminating, oh, DJ. That Laminating. sounds terrifying. Um, I still don't quite. Un- what is it? Threading. Don't quite understand. Don't understand. It's literally, what you're thinking when you think of laminating, it's laminate, laminate. It's tough. I listen. Here's my takeaway: is that it's hard to be a woman. It's hard. It's harder to be a woman than it is to be a man. That and can't be true because mods told us life's good. Life's, life's good. Life's good. Yeah, okay. Know. The other thing I thought about talking about in the news is how the new Sam Levinson show starring the weekend. Uh, it seems bad, but we don't need to get into that because it's not out yet. So we don't know. It's just we're hearing. Wait, what are you talking about? Um, the there was a Rolling Stone article about how Sam Levinson made it. His it went in. There was a woman director directing the new show starring the Sam Levinson, creator of Euphoria, uh, is creating a new show starring the weekend, and 
uh, Lily Rose Depp. And there was a woman director, and Sam Levinson was like, no! And he stepped in, and he made it, it and it was supposed to be like a parody of how a woman, not a parody, a satire of how a woman gets uh, pulled into an abusive relationship. And the Rolling Stone argue, uh, article posits that now it's been changed, according to people involved in the production, has been changed into like, no, it's good that she, this girl wants to be raped by this guy. It's awesome. It's fucking great. She's begging for it. Um, and then The weekend in response, uh, posted a clip of the show where they bag on Rolling Stone, and the clip is awful uh it makes the show look really stupid uh but hey, the show is called the idol i completely missed this story i'm gonna have to deep dive into this w- listen we're gonna have to get into it i have a bad feeling because my wife is a very big fan of the weekend that i'm gonna have to at least watch the first episode of it uh and determine- i got a bad feeling about this i'll have to determine for myself this will be the- this will probably be the closest i get to watching euphoria because euphoria does not seem like it's for me and the more i hear about this sam levinson dude and see stuff from Euphoria, i'm like Nope, I don't need to. I don't need this. I don't need any part of this. Uh, Dan Levy's in this show. Okay. At least that one scene. Let's hope maybe just that. Uh, Anyway. Rachel Senna, Eli Roth. Mm -hmm. Wow. Somebody I went to high school with. Hooray, Neff. This is a great cast. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. Well, listen. Long story short, (laughs) that's all a way to say, I don't think we have news this week. So, um, Maude, you're here and you have a book club. And so I, I wanted to ask you, what what is it like to read? Yeah. <laughs> you don't read books? No, I do. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm trying to get I through. I feel superior. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You should. I feel intellectually gifted mm-hmm. uh, because I complete books. No, yeah. I've actually just finished my 21st book of the year. Oh, wait, wait. I'm so sorry. Of this year? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, listen, listen to books. Like, okay. that was a game changer for me because I walk my dog for an hour every day and then I'll listen to it in the car and I'll listen to it going to bed. And so you can kind of really get through some books. Like okay. every few days you can finish a book because it's about eight hours. Um, so I do love, I love reading books. I, I noticed that like, because there's so much content out there mm-hmm. that it was either I would really get into a video game and that would take up a couple of months or I'd really start getting into shows to binge and that would kind of consume me or I would read books. And I yeah. think with the introduction of Maud's Book Club, I have prioritized books sort of over other things. So I'm not watching as much television or playing as many games at the moment. Yeah. Um, but the thing I'm super proud of with Maud's Book Club is that we've gotten on every single author of the book that we've covered so what? far. In fact, we've gotten Patrick Rothfuss to talk about a series that he loved uh, by Martha Wells, who we then got on to talk about her oh own book. God. And then we got on uh, the Goodreads book of 2022 called Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And we've got Gabrielle Zevin on to talk about that. And this oh is centric around video game developers. Um, and then we just did Spinning Silver, which is like a Rumpelstiltskin kind of reimagining. But mm-hmm. it actually, Roxy, is championing Jews. Let's and it's go kind Jews. Of, yeah, and it's kind of like, acknowledging the hardships that were faced and how they were kind of like um, only they were ostracized by basically the town and how they were doing the best they could. So it's like, that was a really interesting story. And I'm going to speak to Naomi Novik about that on Wednesday. And then this month's book, Red Rising, mm-hmm. uh, is a series that has been doing really well. They call it Hunger Games on Mars. Um, and we're going to get the author, Pierce Brown, on at the end of the month to talk about this book as well. So I freaking love it. I love being able to share 
books. I love recommending books and like tailoring recommendations to people based on what they like. Um, yeah, it's just, I find it incredibly fulfilling and wonderful. And it's a hobby that gives back to me. Finally. I cannot believe what you do. Like I, it, I read, I have to set a goal to read a book a year. Um, hey, you can do that. I, hope, I can no, help. I, I know I did set that goal. I read one book a year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's unbelievably challenging for me. And towards the end of the year, I feel like panic around it mm-hmm. because I never mm-hmm. have started. I am so slow. Um, I have partial dyslexia. Yeah. Re- I read the same page over and over again 50 times. Uh, it's really messing me up on the dating apps because everybody wants me to be a fucking reader. I don't know why all of a sudden my reading skills are not sexy to people. Yeah. And it is like a huge hole in my life. My 95 year old Grammy, who everybody knows is my person, is still in a book club, the most exclusive book club in all of L.A. Everybody keeps applying for it and they keep rejecting all of the new members. It's like the cattiest most incredible 90 year old book club i've ever heard of and she's like this is what you do when you get old what are you gonna do you'll have nothing to do you won't be able to be active like you can't do anything you read and i'm like well then i'll just i guess i just won't exist because i can't figure it out like so when i look at somebody like you who's you've read as many books this year as i've watched tv series and yes yes Mm -hmm. exactly I don't understand. Like I, but I struggle to watch television see. like that. Like I will pick up my phone and I will like. It's not a skill. This watch TV is not a skill. It's a. I think reading focus. is a skill. I think focus is a skill. Well, and I that, think yeah, I think I think Maude is making a very good point here that everybody has their different f- fields of focus. I have not read as many books as Maude. I have not watched as many shows as Roxy. The end. I don't have a contribution. You've made to that, comic books. I did. Made- I am working on a comic book segue for in just a minute. Um, Hellbuncomicbook.com. Um, but um, yeah, I think uh, uh, that yes, that that amount of books in one year is incredible. I also am impressed with in one your, year in two months. In two months. DJ. Good. Thank you, Roxy. Thank you for the correction. Um, I also appreciate your ability to not only get the authors on. That's very cool. Uh, also, the fact that all of your books were in hands. Like you're like here's this one here. Like like as if you prepared. <laughs> as if you knew. I did not. Yeah, I, I know. Not. I could tell, but it, it was still very impressive. Uh, so, if anybody wants to check that out, where are they going? Um, so we have social media. I basically converted all of Geek Bomb into Maud's book club. I focused on the one thing that brought me joy and I just made it all that. So if you were following Geek Bomb, you're now following Maud's book club. Welcome. <laughs> um, if you want to just look at Maud's book club, but we're on Discord as well, uh, which is Discord GG slash Maud Garrett, I believe. Um, but I'm trying to build out an online community for anyone who is trying to read more than a book. Like yeah. if they need accountability, if like reading with a group with deadlines is going to be helpful, then I implore you to join the book club. Uh, we are reading lots of sci-fi and fantasy. We've got the, the year mapped out so you can see if there's any books that you are interested in and join us for that. Um, it's all free. Unless you want to join into the show, it's just five bucks a month uh, with Ooh. Patreon and you can actually join in the Discord call. And so our book club is like online with actual discussions with people in it so that's that's really cool as well and our youngest is 23 and our oldest is 73 wow oh my gosh do you feel like like you have a lot of positive benefits in your life because of the amount that you read so uh 
I think actually reading with a community provides those benefits. Uh, like twice, two times a year, I'll get my mum involved. She's a psychologist, so it's really interesting to talk books. And she's the reason why I read in the first place because she reads like a book a day. Um, so having her in to talk about this, you know, the psycho breakdown of these characters is really cool. And then for her to say afterwards, she's like, your community is essentially found family and what you have is so special. And so kind of like hearing that from the person I care about the most in the world was so like, it really made me step back and be so appreciative and grateful for this community that I've built to talk about books. And I think the most important part is, you know, we're all reading the same words, but we're all hearing a different story. And so when you discuss it, uh, you're hearing different perspectives and people gain something new or different than what you've seen or what you've gotten from it. And that, the exploration of different people's perspectives is rewarding beyond belief. Super cool. I want to be cool like you. Maybe one day. That's super cool. Uh, 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 you Hoxie, are cool. You can join. And as Maude pointed out, you can uh, listen to audiobooks. I will say, I think that's a good recommendation for, because I'm the book I'm trying yeah. to get through right now is, uh, one, audiobook is how I got through Stephen King's The Stand, which is great. I love it. Uh, I casually mentioned, I saw that Cormac McCarthy, who wrote probably my favorite book, The Road, um, came out with a new book called The Pasture. My wife got it for me. Yeah. But I don't read prose uh, as often and Cormac McCarthy is a big like 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 uh, uh, he thinks like punctuations for sellouts like it's one of those and it's like oh this is it's like diving into the beat deep and I need uh, more simple stuff but maybe if I listen to it on, uh, on yes. as an audiobook I'm like okay got it I'm here I'm in I'm into it because um, I I know it's good I can tell it's good I just think it's a big for somebody that doesn't read prose regularly it is a big yes. ask <laughs> And I think by someone reading it, they're doing all the hard work for you, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? And so, and but that means focusing on that is still a challenge, especially if your mind, you know, goes yeah. off. And so actually listening is a skill too. It's, do you reap the benefits though when you're not reading the words? Yes, you do. Because it's still exactly the same. And I think that, I mean, when you're reading, you're imagining and you're immersing yourself into the world. And when someone's reading to you, you still have the liberty to do that as well. Yeah. Also, I mean, that is a, for a long time of human history. That is how we ingested stories before print and before people. Yeah, yeah. Before people, you somebody would tell the stories to uh, the local community. Um, uh, so it's part of human culture. Um, if you if you're like me and you uh, prefer your books to have pictures, you can go over to hellbentcomicbook.com where this we as of this recording we are like days away from the campaign uh, being over. We are getting closer to our third and final stretch goal so if you've waited if you've heard me talking about hellbentcomicbook.com at my hellbent volume three and you're like i'll uh, you know i'll contribute before the end uh now and now is the time <laughs> now, now is the time please 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 uh we are nearing the end we could really use your support um all your contributions go straight towards our creative team and straight toward making the comic as great as possible. If you have followed along with the journey of Jesse and Nick since volume one, you're going to want to complete the story. If you've never checked it out before and you're a fan of The Sandman, uh, Something is Killing the Children, Preacher, comics like that, uh, you can get all three volumes, all 136 pages of the story in one go. So please uh, do me and yourself a favor and go over to hellbentcomicbook.com. Uh, if you listen to this show on Spotify, every week we normally ask a question. There's been a little, uh, the our little uh, window has been ha making it difficult for me to 
post the question. So this week I did a poll instead. Uh, and the poll was, what are you most excited to see this spring? Um, and the options were Ted Lasso, Succession, Shazam, Fury of the Gods, and the Super Mario Brothers movie, uh, Mod. if you had to guess. Based off those options, which who do you think won the poll? Oh, Succession. Um, I've, I've seen one of those already. What? Wait. Is it the Mario Brothers movie? Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. Is it good? Yeah. That's why she's smiling. <laughs> she's smiling if it was other ones. Is it, is um, it, is it good? It, can you it, say? Is that bad? I can't. Okay. I can't, all right, right, right. Sorry, sorry. Like, we'll, talk, we'll talk about her off there. Um, uh, um, no, we won't. She won't tell us she anything. Won't she won't tell us anything. Um, Roxy. Yeah, DJ. Based off those options and our audience, what do you think? Oh, your audience is Shazam. Sorry. I, I know my answer, but it's Shazam. Sorry. Roxy, who do you think won the poll? I would say that I still think actually Super Mario. It is Super Mario. Super Mario Brothers got 37% of the votes, uh, followed by Ted Lasso with what? 26, not... and then Shazam 21, and then Succession with 16. My number one Succession, by the way. Mm, and not for nothing, she's seen the Mario Brothers movie. Anyway. Because I've already seen, but yeah. I've already seen it, yeah. Oh, got it, yeah, 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 yeah. So. I am so stoked because of my announcement last week mm -hmm. that the movie that I told you guys about, Crust, that mm -hmm. they signed Alan Rock on to the movie. Yes! I'm like, I just, saw your announcement, that's huge! I'm so excited about it, and now going into Succession this season, which is already one of my favorite shows, yeah. I feel like I need to chill because I'm going to be so fangirly on set because I just think he is like like a gift to the planet. It's Dude, so he's talented. in one of my favorite movies of all time. You're, which is? is? Ferris Bueller? Oh. Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know, I know. That's how I feel. And so I'm like, oh my God, watching Succession now and I'm just going to be standing there watching thinking like, I'm prepping for the movie that we're going to be, I can't get over it. Yeah, so. you're going to be, you're going to be, that's my friend, Alan Ruck. Uh, and that, if, you, if you're wondering, that's why life's good. Mm -hmm. oh. See? See, that's yeah. my uh, what, what? Life, life has good moments and is an interesting, <laughs> interesting place we live. You got listen. You got to man. You got to embrace the positivity. You got to manifest. Yeah. The, Am I projecting? Absolutely. The, yes. Yeah. Are you got fake it till you make it? Manifest destiny. Yep. The uh, we're crystals, manifesting. Uh, the, uh, uh, moon, fate. Moon, uh, Venus in uh, retrograde. retrograde. I don't know. <laughs> Um, no, actually, um, Pisces was just a new moon. So I'm a Pisces. Listen, you guys really have messed up the. the I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. I, just, I don't know anything about astrology, nor do I believe in it. However, if you do, yeah. what we know is that Pisces is, comes from the planet of fog. And so if you have been feeling foggy this month. I have. That's my fault, too. Pisces oh. is a new moon, which is because of mod. So. Yeah. At least we didn't bring an old moon. Oh, that's true. All. It's kind of crazy. Everybody I love is a Pisces, man. You guys, Yay. you bring the fog, but you bring the heat too. Yeah. We also bring the feels. I yeah. all I know about all that is that I'm a Scorpio, and I'm told that that makes sense. Uh, oh, I, it uh, does. I don't know. Scorpios are unreal, DJ. Uh, this no. loyalty, your drive. Let's go. Uh, Wait, Ma, does that mean your birthday is like right around the corner? Monday. What? <laughs> and we didn't yeah. get you anything. Happy birthday. <laughs> You got me a place at the t table. How <laughs> this is how cool would it be if I had like knock knock right at your door right now? Oh, there's a cake. Happy birthday! Oh. 
Don't even say that. The timing, DJ. the timing, the timing. It'd just be cool. It'd just be cool. We can all imagine living in, living in that world. Why not? Our hopes are up. See? Because <laughs> life, you do now? life is good. <laughs> DJ, Any you have a now. device. Use your phone. Use Wait, your hold phone. on. Um, Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, so now, listen, now is a perfect time, I feel like, because of that literal time that we're at in the show, to transition over to talking about The Mandalorian Season 3 premiere. And speaking of the premiere, Maude had the pleasure of being at the premiere. She's yeah. hanging out with uh, John Favreau and, yeah. and, and, Pedro, and Pedro Pascal. Pedro, he was there too. Did you call him Paper Pascal? No, I would buy that. No, I would use but, that as a drawing set. Like Pascal yes, colors. but coloring book. And it's yeah. of The Mandalorian? No, no. Of Pedro, just Pedro Pascal. <laughs> yeah. Um, how was the premiere? Tell us about the premiere. It was great. It was freezing. Uh, but that's LA being a bitch at the moment. Yeah. Uh, the Mandalorian season three premiere uh, held at the El Capitan in Hollywood. They had um grogu waffles like little waffles with ice cream for Ooh. people uh they had mando's ship out on the stage at the el capitan which was pretty cool uh so they had like some cool photo ops with all of that disney will usually um invite a lot of professional disney cosplayers and so like when you look around there are you know, all the characters, the whole fleet's that's, there. So that's kind of a cool experience. That's really smart. It's a really, like, we could pay to costume people to show up there, or we could just tell these cosplayers that have already put the time and they're and money the biggest to show fans. up. Exactly. So we watched episode one, and then John Favreau, Pedro, uh, Katie Sackhoff, and um, Rude Dave Filoni came mm. out on stage, which was really cool, including and Rick uh, Famuia. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, who directed, I think, the episode one of mm -hmm. this one and has done yep. the direction. Yeah, so they all came out. That was a lot of fun. Um, they kind of didn't really share too much about season three. It was a quite a quick uh, little conversation, but they were basically thanking the crew. Um, and then it was like, can you keep a secret? All right, here's episode two. And we're like, ah! I will say the best part about watching movies, especially with such an ingrained history and fandom, uh, is when you do watch it in the theaters because they tell you when this, uh, the Easter eggs show up. Mm -hmm. yeah, so when yeah, they're yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you're like, like, oh, this is, oh, gotcha. Yes, this is a thing. Well, oh, mm, okay, good, yeah. I had no idea. But, and then I, there was a couple that I had where I was like, you know, I turned to Trisha, who I brought, um, and I was like, this is a big deal. Mm -hmm. And she's like, okay. And I'm like, I have goosebumps. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so, yeah, they, they sprinkled a few things in there, which is a lot of fun. But that's, you know, that's what you get when you have 
Dave Filoni in, who ran Clone Wars, Rebels, who has integrated sort of like the EU, sort of like the, all the all the books and stuff that were written. He's handpicking characters and things that will work in this generation. Yeah. Um, he's understanding the fan service that's involved um, and he's actually bringing it together in a really coherent way. I stand Dave Filoni. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so there you go. That was the premiere. I heard that there was a lot of like Sasha Banks showed up. I heard that there was a lot of people um, who are have been in previous episodes or yes. coming up that were Rosario there. Rosario Dawson was Rosario there. Dawson. Yeah. Could you get a sense of like how of the cast interacting with each other? I didn't, see it. Uh, didn't see it. <laughs> I didn't see it. Um, I'm, I'm just mm. curious because it's like been so segmented if they all know each other, if they all like each other, if there's like a camaraderie there. Or if it's ah, like Elizabeth Olsen, yeah. when she, you're like, well, John Krasinski's like, I didn't, who? I don't know. He wasn't there. Who I wasn't that? there the yeah, same yeah, yeah. day. It's like, well, you were in a scene together. Sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I know that they do a lot of their filming in like this giant sound stage uh, in Long Beach. Yeah. But you're right. Like if they're in different episodes, there's just no sort of overall coherency until they see each other and they're like, Hi, I'm also in the show that you're in. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, There's yeah. a uh, my wife and I've been watching 1923, one of the prequels. Oh, to Yellowstone. it's so good. Uh, and there's uh, I don't like it as much as 1883. We'll get, maybe we'll talk about that and what we're into. Um, you care about me, DJ? I'm sorry. I think the romance stuff is uh, so uh, good. Uh, Love tedious. or love, ship yes. tedious. I think it's tedious. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of like Game of Thrones people in there. And, uh, and what are you happy and in love or something? What is romance? You get that from your to relationships. You? you don't need it in another way. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Oh, Sorry. good Sorry. for you. Sorry. Sorry. But uh, but the we 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 were talking about like, oh, I wonder if like the Game of Thrones people like talk to each other. It's like, I don't even know if these two because Game of Thrones like filmed all over the world. Like I I don't even know. Mm. Like maybe at a rap party they ran into each other, but like did they film a scene together? I don't know. Yeah, was it I think it wasn't it Gwyneth Paltrow who was like they asked her about the movie and she was like, I was in that movie. Yeah, wait, she didn't even know like, what the movie was. Yeah, yeah. she's like, All right, yeah. I guess so. Um so very cool, super cool. Let's dive into um the first episode. I so Roxy and Maud have seen the first two episodes. I've only seen the first episode. Uh, we will start with the first episode, uh, but I do have a question about the second episode. Does no spoilers? Does something happen? Do do things actually happen? You mean, like, is there plot to the second episode or character development or okay, anything? DJ, you can't- <laughs> You can't start us off on this tone. Let's, okay, pause, stop, okay. rewind, play. Yeah. The thing about DJ is that he is on his and or high horse right now. DJ, amazing. Oh, oh, Mod's got a lightsaber. I'm in trouble. I'm in trouble. DJ is on an and or high horse where and or is the be all end all of Star Wars shows. Now, I've always been a Mando girl. Mm-hmm. I to me. I liked Andor, but Mando is my Star Wars show. It's the most Star Warsy to me because of lightsabers and fighting and creatures and all the things I love about Star Wars. So to me, DJ, uh-huh. in episode one, things happened. So I can't answer your question about if things happened in episode two, because yes, of course, it was a 42 minute episode in which things happened. But will you think things happened with that attitude? Maybe not. I just And, and listen, we'll go on from here. I'll just say watching Mandalorian is like being trapped in a room with somebody showing you all their Star Wars toys, but they won't tell you. They'll be like, hey, here's a here's the Babu Frick alien. You're like, cool. What does that mean? 
And then they'll just go on to the next toy. Here's this toy. It's like, you, but what does it mean? Like, why should I care? <laughs> All right. Okay. I'm going to explain it to you, DJ, real quick. So listen up. The reason why you like Andor is because Star Wars has been around for decades now, yeah. right? And now they're gender, I mean, not gender, they are genre bending. Yeah. So they're like, yes, we've had a space fantasy this entire time. But with Andor, we're going to extrapolate a story where you already know the ending. So we're going to make it a thriller heist. Mm-hmm. We're completely going to flip the genre on this one. And we're going to have political intrigue and we're going to give you all of this new sort of genre feeling mandalorian did the same thing they were like cool those movies did not stick did not do what they were supposed to do we gave you a bunch more of the shit that you already knew and we didn't expand upon it at all and then they went mando let's blend this genre into western Mm -hmm. let's completely give it a western feel but we're going to do something that westerns don't usually do and that's going to be this beautiful dynamic between um Din and Grogu. So it's sort of like, you know, a buddy cop, uh, but they are, he's completely responsible for Grogu. So you have these like absolutely gorgeous feels and protection in a Western kind of uh, scope. So that's why it's fucking cool, DJ. Yup. But I like, but I like Westerns. (laughs) But what you're doing, I feel like you're thinking that maybe this whole Grogu and Din, um, partnership is cheapening the western sort of grit no, that you're expecting i think and again instead I sw- of providing what, heart because here's what i'll say i love your positivity i want to live in your positivity i want i want to get to that I, but, life's, good. But, life's, good. life's good life's good life's good life's good but but i think for me what doesn't work for me and maybe it's because and this is why i don't really consider myself a star wars fan is this to me exemplifies what i don't think works about star wars is because it's much more interested in aesthetic and iconography than telling a mm. story. Like, I don't think Mando is a character. Grogu's not a character. Like, it's two action figures in okay. a scene together. Wait, DJ, pause uh, on that. Yeah. What do you mean Mando's not a character? Uh, like, he how- doesn't have a he doesn't have a distinct personality. I don't really know what this he's This is how someone he's that grew up changing. in essentially a cult where his only identity is being told what to do. Okay. And he's realizing that he's been taught in a way a lie. Uh-huh. And now he's got purpose for the first time. But is still chained to the responsibility of his people okay what is a personality dj like i feel like he is he is stoic he's conflicted he is loving he has empathy like isn't that a personality Um, din is like you dj i don't think i don't think it's i i feels (laughs) very it feels very very, uh basic it feels very distinct and i don't and i think i i I think part of the problem is because we don't see mando's face and listen that's one of pedro pascal's main listen he's a so we've seen the last of us boy so good with his face uh it Mm. doesn't allow a lot uh, and because he's supposed to be so stoic there's just not a lot of so he can't convey through his face and he can't convey stuff through his voice and so nothing is really conveyed you know what I will give you that for Book of Boba Fett yeah. because I feel when you had two very contained leads of that with mm-hmm. Boba and um, Mingwei's Fen- character. Fennec Shand. Yeah, Fennec, thank you. Yeah. Um, they were, they're both reserved. They're both sort of that stoic. They're both observers. And there's not enough balance to be able to project the story. So I'll give you that. But, but I think Boba in this Fett one- got to take his got... mask off and convey emotions. And yet I still feel that there is more depth with Jin. Listen, I get it. The Mandalorian yeah. fans are Mandalorian fans. I thought the 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 Mandalorian episode Boba Fett is where the show really went off the rails. And I thought it was boring. But so, but, but, but let us get into 
ep- season. So for you, I have conveyed what I don't think works. For you all, what did you, Maude, we'll start with you. What did you like about the, uh, th- this is um, season three, episode one, chapter 17, The Apostate. Yes. I actually do think you're right about it being so beautiful. I think yeah. that like aesthetically, this thing is so enriching of the Star Wars universe. Um, I think we have... Like he even addressed having a quest at one stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I kind of love this formulaic approach where it's like, this is his mission. This is the direction. This is what he needs to do. I love that level of clarity. Um, and then you're kind of, uh, it's progressing in the story. So previous characters, we're seeing how they've grown in that in that instance. Um, I do, I will say that I think that every single episode one or at least one earlier episode in every season thus far has had a big beast battle yeah they, they are way into the giant cg monster battle yeah because <laughs> yeah. we had that with the season two beginning it was when the the crate worm yeah yep the crate yep the crate dragon dragon crate dragon sorry dragons? yeah, yep, yeah that's all right that's all right uh, and i think we had something quite similar in season one as well uh but you know i think that just kind of really reiterates that Mandalorians and especially like they're they're bounty hunters. They are they are soldiers. They are mm-hmm. you know that's kind of what they do. Um, did it have to be a crocodile? And I get all like you know upset that Steve Irwin could have come in and just handled that without <laughs> anyone dying. Yes. <laughs> Why well, don't um, based on Steve Irwin's track record? Maybe not anyone. Uh, maybe some some. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Is. He's untouchable. DJ, as a you're hero. coming for Steve Irwin now. Yeah, well, wow. he did. He did wow. die. He did die. He, maybe. <laughs> I mean, he did die. I mean, I'm just saying somebody could have died. It, it literally he, happened. He died a hero. Yeah. He died a hero. Anyway, um, I, I think you know, it usually takes an episode to establish, and mm-hmm. we yeah. got some establishing done. It, yeah, we did do it, a lot of establishing. Yes. Okay, Roxy. Episode one. What did you like about it? It felt like a nice transition back. I, I will say this and I'll save it more for when we talk more about episode two, but uh, episode two is significantly better than episode yeah. one, which is lucky for you, DJ, and for everybody out there that I think that we're moving in that direction. This episode was solid. Uh, the first episode was just kind of like a welcome back. And yeah. I it was I a- missed yeah. this world and mm-hmm. I missed this story. And most importantly for me, I missed these characters. So I felt like a nice little hug. 100%. Was- and I was so shocked at how much I missed it because we had quite a bit of time off. Mm-hmm. Yes. I absolutely. had that same feeling, Roxy. Yay. So it wasn't like I was watching it thinking, this is the most miraculous storyline I've seen yet. It was more just like, oh, thank you for welcoming <sighs> me back. I'm grateful to be here and excited to go on this journey. I think that they probably should have released the first two episodes to the public. I like when, you okay. know, Hulu kind of adopted this early on. I always think if you're doing a, a show now, the binge model doesn't work like it used to. The every week doesn't work fully either. I like a two or three episode drop and then a weekly to kind of like really Hook dive you in. in. Yeah. yeah. So I, I felt lucky that I was able to go from a warm hub hug into like, Story, story. story so that was uh a nice one two punch but yeah i think that what i liked about this episode was was mando and was grogu mm-hmm. like that's what that's what i like about the show so that's what i liked about this episode i liked the lack of gina carano in it <laughs> that was an exciting thing too mm-hmm. i liked that it was just sim- kind of like mod spoke on it's not that complicated 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes when I'm watching something and I'm just like, a lot of times this will happen in Marvel, in Star Wars, in DC, in um, Lord of the Rings, where all of a sudden I'm watching something and I'm like, what is your objective? Who is this person? Who, yeah. What, who am I talking to again? And what, and what do you want? And I feel like in storytelling at the very basics, we need to understand what somebody was trying to do or what mm-hmm. they want. And this show is to me at this point, I feel confident in my characters and knowing what their overall end goal is. And so it, it, it doesn't get lost in the sauce for me. Okay. So with that in mind, why does he go to Bo-Katan? He's like, I need this special tech piece. And then I'm going to go to Bo-Katan and talk about something completely different. And she's going to be like, hey, remember my character motivation from season two? It's completely different now. <laughs> The sass is strong with this one. No, but I'm it's a genuine question. Why does he go to Bo Katan? <laughs> he needs the, he needs the location. Okay. So at the moment, he thinks that his their original planet of Mandalore yeah, yeah, has yeah. been poisoned and it's uh, not non livable. They have completely abandoned a place where they used to live. Yeah. And Bo-Katan, I'm Bo-Katan, right? I think yeah. so. I think so. I'm not the yeah, expert, that, but yeah. Bo-Katan is Katie Sackhoff. Yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, she used to rule there. Yeah. So this is like a huge thing for her to have to kind of leave that now because uh, Din's people that are sort of like a lot more. It feels like a like a religious subset mm-hmm. uh, because they're very strict by their their way. This is the way. Yeah. Um, basically, because he effed up by taking his helmet off uh, on purpose, like mm-hmm. he did it, and so now he has to redeem himself to be integrated back into his people. Yeah. And to do that, he has to submerge himself in the waters in the traditional. Uh, planet that he was from but he's here going uh no one lives there it's poisoned the air right. is no good i can't do that bo-katan knows and she's like is it poisoned like you know but, but it- if you need to go to this location this is where it is so she has the intel gotcha okay it kind of reminds me dj of the last of us honestly of how do we get out of here we have to take the tunnels how do we take the tunnels when they're completely full of all of the um crack the cracker people what are they called uh clickers, clickers. yeah yeah clicker cracker people, people. uh-huh yes that's what they're called that's yes that's their name. all the clickers yet we know the clickers aren't actually down there and that's how we do it um so- like that extra layer of how do you do this oh well actually what you have believed to be true once again is not the case fully so and it's Pedro looking after a very innocent person in Last of Us she's very mouthy in this instance super cute yeah yeah I I guess I would just say that so in The Last of Us uh, comparing Pedro Pascal characters um, Joel is a very three dimensional character I know where he's coming from I know where he's going I know that he used to want to be a singer I know what his life was like I know that you just uh, want to look into his eyes i did doesn't hurt mod it doesn't hurt uh but <laughs> and did, so genuinely it, you don't understand mando where he comes no from i understand where i'm uh comes from i think it's very one-dimensional it's very and i think that's kind of my critique of the whole show it's it's very it's very and also it doesn't help that it feels like i'm watching somebody else play a video game it's very fetch questy it's like now you need this gizmo oh, i and like we go that. to this one and it's like i like that and so like when the pirates attack mando because the bar they like is a school like i don't know why they're 
I, I obviously this is happening to introduce these pirate characters. I don't Do you know, know what's why interesting though. Okay, so I will say exactly what you said, mm-hmm. right? And then the pirates attack yeah. because they thought it was a barber. Now it's a school. See, that's all it is. We can say the same shit, but you can say it with disdain, and I can say it with excitement. I, but I think, but my point on a story level, uh, uh, telling level, I think they're there. You they could take the extra step to justify things a little bit more. I think they are very confident that Star Wars fans will look and see all the Star Wars things, and I'm like. That's okay, let's fine. talk about the Star Wars fans. Do you know but, how old they are? Do you know the age range we have to cater for? Yeah. Five to 85. Yeah. You know, you're asking. Oh, that's kind of something. rude that you're leaving Grammy out. <laughs> 96. Yep, there we go. Yeah. Now she's in. Yeah, no, she loves this kind of stuff. I'm like, seriously, on your point, the Star Wars fans are of all ages, le- mm-hmm. legitimately of all ages. Yeah. So you gotta it's a wide range it's not gonna I, work for but all i'm saying it. is in my opinion it is not enough to have the tree full of the monkey aliens that were in jabba's palace you, you do a little bit of the storytelling Salacious. heavy lifting to like Salacious crumb. yeah don't you know it's it it the <laughs> it feels like they're kind of like well, and this happens, and then this happens. Okay, but why? How does it change? Okay, the so it sounds like fundamentally. This show provides fan service. Yes. And you're not a fan. <laughs> yes. But I, and to me, if all a show provides is fan service, that makes it bad. Not bad. Not bad. I, it, means, it means it could be better. Well, but, I, but that's the thing is, is fan service is not storytelling. Uh, and so I think I would argue that fan service is fine as long as you uh, do the work to m- make the story work, even if somebody's not a fan. And I think that makes it better. Not to say I shouldn't say that makes it bad. I, I, I'm mm-hmm. saying it could be better. I think the I think there's something in here that the work could be done. Uh, a a pay you know attention. What? That's- that's my argument for the movies. Yeah. I felt like, you know what, you put fan service in it, but it wasn't enough because I needed a coherent storyline. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I thought that individually the movies were right. The first one, not really. I liked The Last Jedi and I, I liked the final movie as well. Yeah. Did I wish that they talked? Did I wish that there was follow through and there was like an actual like the storytelling component was really fleshed out better? Yeah. Absolutely. You've got all the resources. You've got all the money. You've got all the, you know, they had all the time. They had the means to create something great. Yeah. Where in the end we got something that was disjointedly good. Yeah. Uh, so I can I hear what you're saying when you have an expectation of getting sort of the basics down pat. And I do think that it's unfair as a Star Wars fan to be like, we will blindly love everything because we will consume Star Wars. Like that's not what's happening either. I really do think that there are things that happen in The Mandalorian that hit enough as a fan to appreciate it. Do I love the interactions with Grogu and Din? Absolutely. Like that stuff melts my heart. I love what they've done with Grogu and I would die for this character. And I think that that watching this show is a very important thing to have because it raises the stakes because I give a shit. And if you're not, if you just don't have that and that's not a connecting force, you're just not going to get that enriching experience where you're just happy to be there. Yeah. Um, So I hear that your, your critical lens is sort of, 
it's not yeah it's just not being met in a critical scope it's not being met for you i think that's a i think that's a good way to describe it i think it's a good way to make that distinction because obviously i like Andor because it did put the like yeah. how do these characters live their lives what is the, the on the ground reality of being in this world uh and i understand i'm not asking mandalorian to be Andor because i do think Andor skews older uh, yes. uh but i also enjoy the the bad batch which is the most recent animated series because i think that um there's a little it asks it asks us to invest is this season two asks us to invest a lot in like look at how the clones are being dicked over and it's like yeah but didn't those clones do a genocide how wait how, <laughs> how culpable are they because the, sh the show is very loosey-goosey with how culpable i should feel they are in the killing of the jedi uh was mm. it brainwashing or was it a choice a little on the fence um, it was a program it was a program at Ma choice. it was a program but there are characters on the bad batch who are like we were just following orders like whoa time out when you lose that when you use that language that tells me different th that says that, that gives me impressions of a different amount of culpability. Like, did you know what you were doing or was it the, did the thing and then you did the thing? Because that's what I was told happened. Um, anyway, but the, did, I, did I, you... I do I do like that. And I yeah. Anyway, Roxy, what were you going to say? I want to ask you a couple of questions. The first one being, when you're watching this, do you feel like, okay, at least it was only 30 minutes? Or do you feel like that runtime is too short? That's why it's not getting fleshed out plot-wise the way I wanted to. Um, I I think when I watch it, I find myself, like when the giant crocodile monster comes out, it's like, well, I don't know who these characters are. I don't know. So I just kind of, it was the same, actually it was the same thing with the fight with the crate dragon. It's like my brain just checks out. Like, I don't care about this. Yeah. Same with yep. the space battle with the pirates. Like, Matt, I think the motivation oh, for the pirates is loot is is uh, is weak. And so it's not so much that I think there is more or less time. It's that I don't, like, like how they're spending their time yeah i just don't yeah. I, I don't i i think i think mod's making a good point that i think i think their energies are focused on the stuff that excites uh fans like you and and well i think that that's a that's not a bad instinct like to to kind of your point mod i think they made a mistake by not when when doing the new trilogy not going to dave filoni one not creating like a writer's room be, uh, and going to J.J. Abrams yeah, and Johnson, those, like, hey, here's those, the story you're telling. And, and those directors weren't playing nice. You know this, yeah. right? Well, and J.J. Also, literally said, you're not allowed to touch this, this, or this. Yeah. And Ryan was like, well, I had an entire script that was focusing exclusively on those. Yeah. And if you're literally vetoing my access to them, then I'm going to have to completely switch it up. They weren't playing nice. Yeah. And we all got to see the aftermath well, and it. so i think that it would have been in their benefit not only to have like a writer's room and say hey here's the story we're telling before we even hire directors what we're starting and having dave filoni be like the point man on that because clearly with clone wars and rebels he knows the fan like he knows yeah. the audience you know what i mean yeah. um and um so i think there there's merit to that instinct i do think and i think that it's it's even more apparent in boba fett uh, which is a show I actually enjoyed more than Mandalorian. Mm. Um, but it's like when Cad Bane shows up in that show, it's like, oh, I actually really like Cad Bane. In the episodes I've watched, I think he's, I have an action figure of him. I think he's really fucking cool. Why is he here? We didn't do any of the work to motivate why he's showing up right now. He's just here because he knows fans will be like, oh, cool, he's here. And it's like, but do the... Okay, so you have all the this? time and money uh, in the world. Do do the me, right of the show and have and seed him showing up. Like, let like, me posit something though, right? So yeah. the universe now is so big, and there are so many established characters. So if a scenario is happening and the timeline checks out, and there is a person within that world, that time, that 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 area, that um, 
the timeline, who realistically could be there, why not then enter them in instead of creating another faceless, nameless person to add into the mix? We are integrating the world at this stage. Yeah, but I think, I think like, I, 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 from what I've heard, uh, I get the impression that they're like, they're taking the story, the lovely storyboards that they have at the end of the credits, and they're going with storyboards and they're kind of making up the show as they go based off these storyboards. You don't need to do that. You could write the whole like like something like Last of Us. That show was written before they filmed on day one, so, so that you. Mandalorian's can... problem is that it wasn't a video game first. No, no, it's that they don't. <laughs> I I think they you treat it like a show. You write it. You you take the time to be like okay, look at the script like. Wait, the pirates are mad at Mando because they're borrowers of school. That motivation's weak. Change it. Like, like give him a better motivation. Give him something a more personal motivation. Maybe they hate Mandalorians for a reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, write it. Actually, no, it's not just enough to be like, hey, here's the Babu Frick aliens. Like, that's I like that alien. I like that from Rise of Skywalker. Also, having him say the words that I can clearly understand. And then have Mandalorian be like, I don't understand this. And then so the alien says the words, Mando says, I don't understand. And then the one guy is like, he said this. It's like, yeah, man, I heard. This is a weird choice. Why are we doing this? <laughs> it it doesn't feel like, I feel like more. Roxy, planning. did you like that moment? <laughs> yeah. I did too. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like there could be more attentiveness to <laughs> the writing it. and the production. DJ, do you, I think so, you're seconds away from having a tantrum, DJ. <laughs> DJ, genuinely. Uh, this is like a one-two question. Yeah. Is there anything they can do this season to make you think this show is great? <laughs> and and if not, do you bail at some point? Um, I think I would. Well, I to be honest, I was going to bail on everything Star Wars post Obi Wan, and then Andor got me back in, baby. Um, uh, I think I think it's just enough to like if sit down and really figure out and maybe they're doing that like i thought i thought it was it's not help me out here the robot's not ig88 it's just an ig8 it's the same type of robot as ig11 ig11 yeah blowing him up and then in season one was dumb because the rapport with him and mando was compelled giving somebody mando to talk to i think would do mm. a lot to help develop the character and help me understand because if it's just him and a puppet it's like most of the time, a great a great example. It's like The Witcher, and yeah. then you have Jaskier in there. Yeah, it 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 Jaskier. shows benefit, especially if you're going to spend a long time with the character. It benefits to have an ensemble that you get different perspectives on a problem, and that's what benefits shows or something like Star Trek. What I think you know helps make Star Trek work is you got a lot of different people and perspectives. Ensembles yeah. help, are helpful yeah. on a show, and so by having I giving, don't disagree giving Mandu nobody really to talk to on a regular basis other than a doll. Um, I, I think more attentiveness to the writing, more understanding. Uh, 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 not a character. He's a, he's a prop. He's not a character. Um, uh, he's a very cute. It's and I love that they're using practical effects. I'm not against it. Um, I just more attentiveness to. You felt when John Wick's dog died. Uh, well, no, actually, I don't. The dog? dog was a prop. The, no, <laughs> the 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 dog is an excuse to get him to do John Wick stuff. I actually I'm think they could have handled that better. You're gonna say a dog is a dog. <laughs> How are you gonna say a Grogu is a doll? Uh, the I I so I think giving I think maybe that to them trying to like re resolve some of that stuff. Give me help me feel like I'm in confident hands and you're not making up the show as you go. Like you don't have to like 
going to the Cad Bane example, like, well, we're in episode six, I guess, hey, well, maybe Cad Bane could show up. It's like, well, no, that's something you decide in writing. It makes sense for Cad Bane well, to no, show but, up. But you have a show with flashbacks in your structure. So if you know when you're breaking the scripts that you want Cad Bane in episode six, you let the audience know what that relationship is to Boba Fett in a flashback in episode two or three or four. And also, you don't derail your entire show to backdoor, put in, put in plot elements from a different show now I'm complaining about Boba Fett, which is a show I liked more than oh. most people. Um, uh, I think I think it's just I just more attentive writing. Like again, like when why is he going to Bo-Katan? We established Bo-Katan's motivations are one thing. Now we're saying it's a completely different thing. That's lazy. It's lazy writing. No, she tried. She tried. She's la- she's lacking support. She had a team. When they didn't think that they were able to achieve their objective together, they bailed on her. Sure. We're allowed to change our minds in life, DJ. We're allowed to. They changed their mind on her. Okay. So let me ask you all Mm. do you think the writing in Mandalorian is as strong as it could be? You know, you you make some arguments, but it's also fueled by something that we don't share. Mm hmm. I, I don't know if my answer to that question, insert any show title here, would be yes. Can everything always be t- slightly stronger? Yes. If you said to me, could the writing in Andor be better? I would say yes. Oof, I, I disagree. People, <laughs> I, I disagree. I, I know you do. Um, but if you said to me, my favorite is Succession, could mm-hmm. the writing be stronger? I guess yes. Could anything be stronger? Mm-hmm. Yes. Could the writing in Mando be stronger? Yes. Anything can always be slightly better. Uh, but I um, think but the writing in this show does not genuinely does not bother me. The dialogue does not bother me. The story does not bother me. You know, there's two things that I feel like are super trendy now when people are ripping shows or movies that people do, which is number one, they'll call it emotionally manipulative, which I've never understood that tactic. That's what art is. It's supposed to manipulate your emotions. It's. I don't know how we've used that as a dagger. Mm-hmm. That's what art is. Um, and the second one is kind of what you're talking about right now, which is just that like the show, um, they don't know where they're going with it. They don't know. This show has no idea what the end game is or it should have been all written out. I don't really understand the criticism of that. I, I'm never watching this feeling like it's aimless. I'm not watching this feeling like they have no grip on their character. I feel like maybe the show isn't going where you want it to go, but I don't feel like they have no idea what they're doing with it. I feel like they've been super clear from day one what they're I think you I think you're putting an Andor lens over a Mandalorian concept. Um I would push back on that because okay. like like for when you have a scene where like when he has Grogu, like, you need to be good at navigation so you know where you go. That's important, DJ! Yeah, man. That's how navigation works. I don't... That's nothing. That's it's literally nothing. And I think, like... No, it's not nothing. It's, it's characters saying and We're doing things... We're going into spoiler territory. For no reason. We're going into and, spoiler territory. There is a reason. But, this but is the way. To, to, but, but to clarify, when I watch something like Last of Us... Um, uh, I you see the oh this is a smart decision this is a decision I see where you're going I give see what you're doing give me something that doesn't have original IP though DJ because I don't think it's fair that you're comparing well, it Last to of Us is an original IP Last of Us is based on a game <laughs> that, that, sorry that uh, give me a comparison that is original IP because when people <clears throat> when you're comparing not only was the Last of Us fully written 
in two seasons, but it, it's not just about the fact that it was written. It's about the fact that it was reacted to already. They already know what works from their fans. They've already heard feedback. Like no. it's one thing to have something fully written. It's another to have something written and commented on. So what show or what thing do you feel like has such a better grip that doesn't have source material? Um, well, that's a little bit tricky because so much of our media landscape right now is adapted uh, from things. So to pull, the, but I don't think, I, I actually don't think that undermines my point in that okay a good example breaking bad better call saul the wire the shield um uh shows like those all, like, like, like you're you're just you're reminding everyone the genre that you appreciate they uh, are no but i don't think it's set. no but I, but again i think it's just i think i think there there is an intentfulness that if you understand like what ideas you're trying to communicate in the most effective ways to do that there's a lot of writing shortcuts in mandalorian that i think makes for a more simplistic kind of kind of um uh it just a just a a a story that that you're right i don't i don't find engaging uh and and but let me okay so let me clarify this way if they took their fan service out do you like the mandalorian as much or or is there anything there if you take the fan service out. Well, when you have it, when it's based in a world that's got like four, five decades of characters and things like the fan service, that's not something that you just take out. Mm-hmm. Like that exists. But, but again, but if, the, but, so for example, if Andor, if Andor was not in Star Wars, you still have a kick-ass sci-fi show. You still have everything about that show still works without. But the things that I loved about it is that you saw Mon Mothma, and this is mm-hmm. someone who had a line in the movies, and then you see her backstory, and mm-hmm. the fact that it's Mon Mothma was important. Yeah, so could I- she be cool as a standalone if her name was Sarah Smith? But it wouldn't have the depth that it has uh, that no, I appreciate. They wouldn't have what you appreciate, but it would still work because I still understand. It didn't work this. for me. Remember, DJ? I didn't know Mon Mothma, and she didn't work for me as a character. I didn't like her. And it listen, was the worst part different of the show. Stro- listen, different strokes for different folks. Totally, but I, to Mon's point, that's literally every week you heard me be like, yeah. I am so annoyed with this Mon Mothma bitch. And yeah. you would be like, what? But the, in the movies, and I was like, I don't know. But, I don't I care. didn't have that. But you, know, yeah. but you know I don't care about the movies. And I still found the, the 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 being trying to be a political figure in a totalitarian regime and figure out a way to be uh, in a resist. That's all very compelling. That's all very, and not, it again. Wasn't. But that's, that's still a genre that really, really resonates with you. But if I like Westerns. I of- like Lone Wolf and Cub. I like, I like sci-fi. I like fantasy. That's the thing, Maude. If you tell me all the stuff that's in Star Wars, all the stuff George Lucas ripped off to make Star Wars, I <laughs> love that shit. June. But and you did like you did like Boba Fett, which I would argue is even more Western. So that is yeah. interesting. Yeah. I and that, so that's I, I, I know you like Western. I conceptually, well. on paper, I like everything here. You know what I mean? I like all the stuff. I just think I I there's it's it's I think the writing's a bit lazy. Uh, and uh, and I think it's sil- it's silly without. Is being it more fun. lazy like, or is it more generous for a larger scope of people? I think you could still get all the fan service stuff you want, and the dialogue could not would not be as bad. <laughs> There's a version of this okay. where the dialogue's actually good, and but you still have all the fan service. In my okay. opinion, in my opinion. Okay. Let's move over real quick. Let's move over to some Discord questions. Um, we got Mike Joyce. Uh, I loved the Grogu and the Anzellan scene. I'm going to assume those are the Babu Fricks. Uh, wait, 
Yeah, because she tried to h- hug one of the Bobby What are Fricks. they called? And Zellens, according to Mike Joyce, if I'm getting my aliens correct. Are you worried there will be too much Grogu cuteness this season? Modern DJ, Roxy. is your answer yes? These are for you. These are for you. These aren't for me. <laughs> these no, these I, aren't for me. So I also, another thing I don't oh. really understand is the term fan service. I think that that's a hole in my vocabulary because okay. to me, like a lot of people say that Grogu is fan service mm-hmm. as a character and is there to sell toys. I don't feel that way. I feel mm-hmm. like a strong bond and connection with Grogu. Mm-hmm. I feel a protection over him and like just such a love for him. So I don't worry about things like, is it going to be cuteness overload? That's what's actually working for me. Yes, so. I agree. And it's, it's like Grogu literally is a pathway to Din's vulnerability. Right. Mm. So what a crucial thing. So, and I honestly think like I have a friend who's just had a baby and like season one and two, no baby. Season three, baby. And they were like, whoa, this is hitting different for me now. Yeah. There's a real paternal, maternal feeling with Grogu. So uh, Grogu being young and being sort of like needing that extra care, wanders off, you know, is thoughtful but is also observant um, but is so small and, and fragile. <laughs> like that dynamic I think is is the most beautiful part about the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bring so we- on the cuteness. I love it. And honestly, I, when I saw the premiere, any little uh-uh-uh or any little moment that Grogu had, this, the theatre erupted. Aww. Yes. That's yeah. me. When I yeah. watch by myself, yes. I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's landing, DJ. And I listen. I know people also, love the show. I just, you know well, that's fine. To respond to Mike, too, just to be a hundred percent transparent. What's weird about me is that I actually don't fuck with babies. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not into babies, yeah. and I'm not into um pu- puppies. Like when my friends send me pictures of things like this, like I, my whole life, everybody's been like, you have no maternal instinct. Mm-hmm. I have no, like my, when I watch a baby on screen or my friend's babies, it's actually got me in a lot of trouble. I have nothing. I've, I'm t- like, I've seen you punch a lot of babies and it's, I I've wanted them. to mention it, but like, you know, the people, different, stru- again, them. different structure, different folks. <laughs> Same thing with puppies. And again, I know I'm outing myself right now, but oh. I don't feel that thing. When I, when I just Grogu, held Zelda earlier, mm-hmm. nothing, felt nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Roxy saw somebody throw a sack of puppies into a river and she was like, fine, I'm fine with that. I had puppies my whole life. Um, I liked my dogs, yeah. not when they were puppies, because yeah. that was annoying. Mm-hmm. When they were dogs, I liked them better. I don't like babies. I like kids. Yeah. When you can tell me with your words, this is what I want to wear today, mm-hmm. I'll fuck with you. Yeah. My siblings have always said to me, they're going to have to raise my kids if I ever have them until they're four or five, because I don't want them till then. Mm-hmm. So like my whole life, this has been a thing. And I like Grogu, mm-hmm. and that like because that's even the level though you of... don't you don't like babies, you do like dolls. Now moving well, on to Leonard no, Kid. I don't like dolls. I like that Grogu also can be a helpful babe. Mm-hmm. Like Grogu sometimes gives back in a way yeah. that I'm like, yes, Grogu, mm-hmm. part of a team. Yes, uh, that's a that's a that's a weird. Don't have time Paying to pack that, rent. but that is a weird way to look at babies. Like babies don't give back. It's like, well, that's not the they don't do anything. For you. But yeah, okay, they all right. Take, we don't. They take, they take your milk. They yeah. take your heart. They take everything I, from I you, and it. they give you nothing. Oh, uh, sure. We don't. This is not the show. Don't pack that. But yeah, okay. But we'll put a pin in that for later. Uh, Leonard Kim asks, "Do you think we'll get more of Mando taking off his helmet this season?" Yes. And I'll say, well, yeah. Whenever Pedro Pascal was available to actually shoot. <laughs> Okay, storyline-wise, that's an interesting thing, though. Like, uh, contractually, 
my answer also is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but after this season, I don't know what how many seasons they're intending for the show to go. But like the whole purpose of the season being, we've got to get back the Mando title and go through the we don't remove our helmet thing. Um, I don't know. It's going to be weird sometimes. It's going to be clearly contractual when when we see his face, like because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. just that's that is a little bit weird. I don't know how they're going to get through that for years to come. Yeah. Mm. Uh, well, I think we've had two seasons to establish his identity, which is he's a, a intrinsically a part of this group of Mandalorians who um, have a very strict set of ethics, right? And he stepped out of it because something bigger than his beliefs was needed, and that was Grogu, right? And now he's trying to reassimilate with his people by undergoing this, and but he's also now introduced to Bo-Katan and another group of Mandalorians uh, that are completely under a different umbrella. So I think he's going to realise that he's putting all of this effort to belong and they're still going to maybe yeah, I, not, I, not have him. I agree, but to that point and then to DJ's point, then I think we almost have to never helmet him. And yeah. I don't think he can be on set that often. So he's a busy boy. He's a busy boy. It's gonna be the like the back and forth of um helmet, no helmet, helmet, no helmet, and his schedule will be interesting to see how that affects the plot. Yeah. Um uh last thing is I'll just his point of example, and this will not help Roxy one bit. Uh one of my favorite shows is an animated series called Primal, where the, oh. no character yes, speaks so violent. <laughs> well, it's so not violent. it is violent, but not a single character speaks in it, and yet so much more is conveyed storytelling wise in that mm-hmm. time. And I think that's a good example of what uh, just a kind of a more effective just just a more more effective storytelling. And that isn't an original IP. Um uh, anyway, listen. I love the different opinions. There's going to be people coming in the show that love Mandalorian and you got Roxy and Maude repping you. And then if you're got just, you. just you wish maybe it was a little tighter. Uh, yeah, I'm here for you. I gotcha. Um, do a lot of people tweet at you. Cause obviously I almost see exclusively Mando love. Yeah. Do a lot of people message you like, that's how I feel. Or do you see on your timeline? Are there a lot of people who are not digging this show? Well, listen, um, good. I try, uh, people get mad at me for being negative and I don't feel like I'm being negative, I, but I think it's per- pertinent to criticize things, especially from billion dollar companies and say, yeah, you could do better. Uh, also so, people that don't like the show aren't actively seeking more conversations about the show. Yeah. Uh, have you seen how Twitter works? <laughs> I feel like I, don't, I guess I don't see I didn't try to be I didn't I didn't try I haven't really voiced all of my thoughts on it so I haven't seen a lot of um uh a lot a lot of feedback some yes some no um I mostly was just like yeah Andrew was dope right uh everybody's like yeah Andrew was dope I'm like yeah I know um, I saw that tweet and yeah. I was like the shade wall complimenting and or, okay and or, and was just real good um uh but I do think there's a larger conversation that we don't have time for before because because there's people that feel like all negative, you, like you can't be negative about things. And it's like, but again, these are probably. I think you're from- being critical, not negative. You're yeah. being critical about it. Thank you, Maude. I appreciate yeah. that. I feel like yeah. you see me. Uh, I'm not trying to rain on everybody's no. parade. I'm just, you know. No, you're like, you're, you're Star Wars. The bar's here. Yeah. Get get there you know which is a lot of a lot of uh, attention's being paid to this stuff you know maybe you could just put a little more energy into it is all i'm saying um listen that that's it for mod before we go that's it from us remind everybody where they can find you 
Uh, I'm Maud Garrett on all socials if you want to drop on by there. If you do want a book club uh, where we read a book a month, uh, we do streams and conversations on it, just look up Maud's book club on all of things. And what's the book you're reading now? Red Rising. Red Rising. Start of a series by Pierce Brown. Uh, Essentially, they call it Hunger Games on Mars. Apparently, it has a massive fan base. This series is doing incredibly well, so I'm excited to get stuck into it. And I'm gonna—I've got a Q&A booked in with the author Pierce Brown at the end of the month. I think that's really fucking cool. I think that's a great excuse uh, for people, uh, possibly even me, to read more. And also, I really have a great deal of respect for the idea of like, okay, what actually makes me happy? Yeah. So how can I spend more time doing that thing? I think that's a, a fantastic. Because I got way. a point in Star Wars where it was like a new trailer came out. Where is your two-hour breakdown? Yeah. And I was like. I haven't even seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that I think there's a lot of merit in that. Um, yeah. Roxy, where yeah. can people find your two-hour breakdown of the new Star Wars trailer? <laughs> yeah, you know, just really diving in. Mm-hmm. Um, everywhere at Roxy Stryer. Everywhere at Roxy Stryer, and for those that aren't following Roxy, you should know. I think she's doing some really good stuff. Uh, if I may say so, Roxy, uh, packing Thanks your personal stuff. Um, and for people, you started something at the beginning of the pandemic that obviously you're not filming every day like you used to, but you're still basically you're being there for Live other people. The Roxy. Yeah, you're being yeah. there for people that are going through stuff, and I have a lot of admiration for that. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah, I, I um got back into therapy this last week because I am in like a fucking depression pit of hell, and um. I started talking about that on my show, which is really difficult to do. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people do it, um, but it's just really hard because when you're in it, it's hard to talk about it. It's easier like to speak about it in past tense, but I think it's most helpful when you're in it. Um, And this week, people have been so kind about uh, that. And Mm -hmm. the last time I was very open about it, people were really not kind about it. Oh, honey. Oh, that's kick you when you're down. Yeah. Yeah. And so this time I was like very nervous, but so far people have been like, maybe I'm just speaking more clearly. Um, I I think it's resonating with people. And also I'm trying to give a lot of tips on how to find therapists because it's so difficult right now or how Mm -hmm. to find help and what kind of help is out there. And I'm going to start bringing on um, different people who practice different tools and try to give more like actual tools for you guys, because that's what I'm looking for right now. Not just somebody to listen. I need some real tools to implement. So yeah. I wonder if maybe the change in response, uh, obviously no way to know. I wonder if it's part of it is um, the work you've put in to cultivate the audience that you have over the years. And I wonder if people that thought they were like, ha ha, I'm above this thing. Three years later, they're like, Oh, actually things are hard. It's like, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think definitely depression is very prevalent right now. And as is anxiety as oh, in a post pandemic world. Oh my God. Absolutely. Like goals, motivation gone. Like we got two years stolen from us in a way. So that's hard. I have some book recommendations for that though Which oh are? good yeah i love uh, one of the only things i do is read self-help books perfect it, so uh, that like i basically do like sci-fi fantasy mm-hmm. i call it self-improvement yeah 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 self-development because mm-hmm. it's like this bitch doesn't ask for help uh yeah. but <laughs> yeah so uh anything by brene brown I really got stuck into Brene Brown um, during the pandemic and she kind of was the one who taught me that at a fundamental uh, level, humans desire connection Um, and that we're almost willing to change ourselves just to fit in, but what we really seek is to belong. And when we belong, it's because we are accepted completely for who we are. Uh, So that's sort of what we all crave. Anything Brene Brown, um, she talks a lot about shame 
So she's she's like a shame researcher uh, and she really breaks down the difference between being embarrassed, being humiliated and being shamed. And so I think when you have a better relationship and understanding about shame, she talks about trauma dumping, how you can share shame, who you should share your shame with, uh, how you can acknowledge those feelings. Super, super helpful, especially when you're a face on the internet. Uh, that's been really helpful for me. Um, if you're looking to get motivated and to feel inspired about living every day a little bit better, there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Basically, the whole thing with that is just try to improve 1% every single day. So like, just do something 1% better so it's manageable. But he talks about building incredibly beneficial habits that and like how to sort of like cheat the system so you're stacking your habits to be even better every single day. I think that was really helpful. Um, because he talks about it from a personal experience as well. Um, so they're the, the two books, like two authors that I would absolutely recommend for anyone going down that self-help journey. Hell, Thanks, Mom, babe. I gotcha. Yeah. Hell yeah. If you want to yeah. check out their stuff, there will be links in the description. Please go over there, check that out. Again, hellbentcomicbook.com. It's in its final day. So if you're waiting to contribute, now is the time. If you wanted to back Hellbent, any one of the previous cam- campaigns, this is your third and final time. Uh, we could really, uh, even though the campaign's doing really well, we could use all the support we can get because comics are expensive um and and they're expensive because we're paying uh uh jane and i my co-writer we don't get any money from it it's all going to our creative team um and we want to be able to support them it's an incredibly cool diverse team of creators that are helping us make this book how about comicbook.com go check it out if you ever want to be drawn in a comic there's a few of those left uh and this will be your last time to be drawn into a hellbent so don't miss out wow uh you can find me at dj talks trash you can follow this show everywhere that matters on only stupid answers but on twitter you ain't got the vows from stupid and we'll see you all next time bye everybody bye